good realtor will spend three hours a day calling? This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is Real Estate Marketing Dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about some nerdy shit. And what we want to talk about today is... Fucking SEO ranking. I remember SEO was such like a big, big, big term, like not that long ago, five, 10 years. And then all social media ads and all stuff came around. And then there's been some people sort of quietly hovering beneath the SEO ninja secrets like this guy and uh, has completely just been dominating his space. The reason why we're going to talk about SEO is because we're all talking about attracting business, right? We're going to talk about how you attract business. You guys who listen to our show understand that the only thing we talk about on here is creating authentic like content, building a brand, and then keeping it in front of your audiences. But we're going to switch things up a little bit further. And I'm going to share with you a story before I introduce my guest. So when I dove into content marketing about five, uh, maybe seven years ago now, I dove into content marketing. I was still an agent at the time. And what I did was I went to a conference and I'm like, holy shit, I'm just going to create a bunch of cool content. I'm going to put in front of people who are likely to move and I'm going to make a whole lot of money. And then they're going to find me on Google. But the problem was I created 12 articles in seven days, all thousand plus words. And just because I had a lot of content, I thought people were going to find me. Well, I was writing about what I thought was cool, not what people actually search and type into Google. And it was a big waste of freaking time. It made some good core content on my site, but nobody found it. People weren't able to access it. So what we're talking about today is like when you go on Google and you type in how to cure my whatever problem you have, who determines and how do you pop up on those first search results? Because I could tell you this, folks, is that when you answer someone's questions that is immediately searching for online, it's like a godsend. And when you pop up as and can give the answer to somebody, that's what attraction is. That's why we create content so it could get found and we could attract new business. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we do this on a hyper local level within the real estate industry? So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest, Mr. Geoff Atkinson. And this dude is smart. He's going to break it down for us. Geoff, come out and say hello to our guests and let everybody know a little bit about yourself, who you are. And let's get on into this. Right on. Thanks for having me, Mike. Great to be here. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of Huckabye.com, former senior vice president of marketing for the big e-commerce site, Overstock. I've made a career in online marketing and specifically now focus on SEO and how to automate SEO, how to talk to Google as well as you talk to human beings. And uh, we have a software platform that allows sites to help their organic search rankings, help gain new business, new leads. Uh, I'm happy to be here to teach your guests a few things. So I want to start from the beginning. Okay, because we're in the real estate industry and our industry isn't the most tech advanced industry. The average agent is 56 and a half years old. And let's be honest, guys, we sell houses. We don't sit behind keyboards and we don't sit and create content. Most of us don't. So break down for me in a really Homer Simpson type of way. What the hell is SEO? Yeah, SEO is search engine optimization. So when people search on Google, there's two types of results. There's the paid listings that are driven by people sponsoring the ads. It's a CPC cost per click model. About 15% of the traffic comes from PPC. 85% of the clicks though, 
go through organic search results. And those are the 10 blue links underneath the ads. They're enhanced often in different ways. And that traffic, not only is it 85%, but it's also converts about twice as well as any sort of paid listing. So we're talking today about how to get more rankings, more traffic off the organic search section. And to do that, you really need to have a technical conversation with Google. I know this is, uh, you know, it's not a super technical audience, but I'm sure real estate agents love to get a whole bunch of inbound leads through organic search. And uh, you do have to have a bit of a technical conversation. And Huckabay actually handles that for you. Now, let me ask you a question. And where I want to get into, into uh, I want to get into the software piece. But for people that don't have like, call it a software assistant, and you're just going the old school way, can you create, can you rank, and can you get your site to rank without content? Without content, it needs to be a, a somewhat unique content. I mean, one of the things with real estate is that you can automate the listings, right? So if you optimize and automate the listings and you're bringing in content about the homes from different sources, sometimes that'll be enough. You know, if it's not a super competitive market, that sometimes will be enough. It is nice to have unique content though, something that's different than your competitors. Real estate is a very competitive SEO field. And so you do have to sort of do the best practices and really fight for the rankings that you achieve. It's totally doable though. You know, I always say it's, I don't mind competition. I mean, Overstock went up against Amazon and I can't imagine a worse competitor than Amazon. So I always like a good competitive fight and, uh, you know, real estate is a pretty competitive space, but there's winners out there and there's losers. And, um, you know, I always want to be behind the winners. So folks, the reason why I'm saying that is because we're talking about always creating content. And if you're not in the business of creating content, you're not going to SEO your site. So quit trying to fucking talk about it. Quit trying to search for an outlet on it. You start getting into SEO when you start creating content. So that's the first point. I think you have to create content to do this. I think you should create content anyways. How else are you going to market yourself? But that's my personal bias. So can you walk people through the type of content to create? Because I want you to go through the story that I sort of had. I just thought, oh, I'm just going to blog. I'm going to write all this stuff. It's going to be amazing. But I wasn't keywording it. I wasn't doing the keyword research and I wasn't doing any of that stuff. So can you walk our audience through that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So I totally agree. There's content for content's sake, which never really works. You got to generate content intelligently. And I think that starts with what's the demand? What are people searching for? Which is exactly what you brought up earlier. Keyword research is always the first step in SEO. Totally. Go into Google Keyword Planner, pop in 10 keywords that you think might be relevant. It'll spit back to you hundreds of keywords. Pick out the ones that you think are good, have good search volume. And then there's tons of SEO tools like Moz and AREFs that can tell you how difficult is it to rank for any given keyword on a scale of zero to hundred. So what we then do is we'll take the keywords that are relatively high volume and low competition, and we'll go after those as a starting point. Then you want to think about not just generating content to attract people that, you know, attract the search engine and, and get people visiting your site. But what is the, what do you want them landing on? Do you want them landing on a blog post or do you want them landing on something that's showing them houses, getting you in the sales funnel? So I'm a big fan of content that's really sort of smartly thought through. And then once you're attracting visitors, it's not just good to have visitors. You want them converting into leads and sales pipeline. So you know, that's sort of how I think about it. Keyword research first, find the low-hanging fruit, high volume, low competition terms, start building pages to reflect those terms, writing content to reflect those terms, and have the site be architected in a way that reflects that demand that's out there in the market. Sure. 
And what do you think about somebody? Because let's be honest, this is like a daunting task for a lot of real estate agents. They're like, oh my God, I got to create content. Folks, I started out with a WordPress blog that had nothing on it. It was called Chicago Real Estate Dude. And I had to just go out there and be a dude around it. But if I every, this is what we're getting at, okay? Every time you create content, you, you, you do this in two ways. You create content to nurture your SOI and local community first. It keeps you omnipresent, but you multi-purpose it on your website for shit like this. You multi-purpose it on your, on your YouTube page for additional traffic. But how important it is for personality to come through on content? I think it's important. I mean, Google has done a lot around natural language processing to sort of figure out if someone's actually writing or if they're not. As long as it's authentic and you're actually, you know, I think it's really important to have your personality come through. Because if you want to write and you're going to enjoy writing content, you probably are going to want to show your personality. And if you're just writing content for content's sake, it's probably not going to be fun. You're not going to do it much. So like yourself, to have a personality that goes out there and, you know, the real estate dude, and you talk like a dude and you're, you're engaging with people that come to your site, that's going to do so much better than just boilerplate type content. And yeah, I think it's a great idea to, to let your personality come through. As far as search engines, they are actually going to notice uh, through the natural language processing if you're writing originally or if you're just sort of really? stuff. So they've got, know they know when you're trying to trick the system and uh, they'll actually slap you on the hand and, and uh, you know, decrease your rankings, even though you're writing content and just stuffing keywords in there. So talk naturally, write naturally. Uh, and I think a personality would help. Gosh, that's crazy. I didn't know that they, I didn't know that they could determine which is like, cause they used to have four or five years ago, maybe even longer. They used to have a, what was it called? The spin writers where there are people out there just spinning, rewriting one piece of content into like a million different things. But then all those guys get penalized. Yeah. You can't get away with that anymore. It's probably the, one of the fastest changing parts of their algorithm is how well are they, you know, processing language and understanding how authentic someone is writing or not writing. So they're, they're all over that. They have tons of engineers and people working on this. So let's focus on hyper-local, which is where real estate space is. All of your content should always be hyper-local. So what we mean by that is hyper-local is content that is just hyperly local. And the reason why that's more easily to get found is probably because there's not as much competition is what it comes down to. It's not like, I'll tell you my most populated post was Chicago closing costs. And Chicago closing costs did fucking awesome. I was getting organically about five to 6,000 website visitors a month for real estate agent, which is amazing. And it was only because of the content we had on our site, but the number one article was closing costs. And here's what happened with it. And I did it accidentally. This is like one, again, one of those accidental things. I'll show you another accidental content keyword search that turned into money. But the closing costs, that's what people were freaking typing in. So take this down, guys. Everyone should be creating a piece of content, city name, closing costs, and then do it the opposite way for a different keyword. Do closing costs in city name and do that both on YouTube and, and uh, on Google. But I actually had the first post rankings. So when you type in Chicago closing costs, it popped up number one organically. And it even had the image. It gave me like the little like pimp post. You know what I'm talking about? It was like highlighted. So dude, the thing, the thing performed. And what people who were looking for closing costs were also looking for, obviously, starting to get down the process of buying or selling a property. A closing cost always led to a CMA, for example, for that who inquired. Now, the personality is what the conversion was. So the SEO is like, you got to keyword it to get found. And then the personality comes out once they visit the site and get found. And then that's how it was, at least it was working for me. Is that how you do it? Or is that? That's a great example. I mean, 
ideally you don't do it accidentally, right? You figure those keywords yeah. out. <laughs> but it's great that it happened accidentally. That's the kind of low hanging fruit that we love to see. I mean, one of the other things is when people start to compare. So I don't know exactly what it would be in the real estate world, but say you're looking at a software platform. When they start doing that software platform versus, there are always these high volume, but very low competition because no one thinks of those keywords. Interesting. Right at the end of the sales funnel. And so that, so if they're that, comparing neighborhoods or they're comparing two different, you know, it just happens. You think about your own search behavior and how you buy things. And what kind of content are you looking for to make an educated purchase decision? Like closing costs is a great keyword. And one thing that's interesting about real estate is that it is all based on location. So your modifiers are always location. So if you just have to find keywords like closing costs, the different neighborhood verses, and you know that's, that's a really smart way to go about it. Google Keyword Planner can really help people find these types of gems. And you know, once you found it and you start building content, that traffic can change a business. You know, that sort of that sort of lead volume can really change a business. I'm sure it did for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it's like it, it would bring in an extra deal. You know what I mean? Like that you're not planning for. And the thing about it is that that article, it's still on page one. It's on page because I haven't touched my site since so I moved. But that that article is still is still there. But the same thing happened on YouTube too. It was the same. Yeah. Now is YouTube and Google, because I, I Google owns YouTube, but are the keyword searches different? Like if you're doing keyword research for YouTube as opposed to just Google, is it? Because I see a mixture. I, I do a lot of different keyword planning tools and they all don't have the same answer, I guess, if, if yeah. you will. In terms of keyword volume, I think Google Keyword Planner is the best. Obviously, they're trying to get you into their PPC funnel. So usually they're like, click here to start a campaign or whatever. But that's coming directly from the source. Most YouTube searches actually happen on Google. They do have quite a bit of search volume on youtube.com. It's a totally different algorithm, and those search volumes do not are not included in Google Keyword Planner. I don't think there is a space where you can look at actual YouTube search volume, but you're going to capture almost everything that's because so much of it originates on Google that then goes to YouTube. Yeah, it, VidIQ is the only one I found that does a good job that I like, but VidIQ is just YouTube search results, and it is pretty separate from what I could tell. But that's that sort of answers my question. That was that was, that was where I was leaning on it. Yeah, um, it's a totally different algorithm. So how you optimize a YouTube video versus your own website, your WordPress site, or your listings is a totally different game. You might even know more about it than I do. But YouTube is a different game, and um, it can be really powerful for generating leads. Yeah, I did. Uh, let's go through some examples. This will be fun. So I'll give you guys what I... Um, different content strategies for different rankings. Every time we did content, we always accompanied it with a video. So we'd write a blog post with the video, embed the, the video on top of the blog, and then promote the video to send the traffic back to the blog post. So we did uh, like listings. It was always homes for sale in neighborhood name. And it wasn't because we worked in Chicago. Chicago is a big search term. So that's a little bit harder to rank for nowadays. It wasn't five years ago, homes for sale in Chicago because no one was doing videos. So on the YouTube search, it popped up, but we went even hyper local, we went neighborhood names. So it was like condos for sale in West Town, single family homes for sale in this. Think about the different style of houses. Those of you who live, like I live in San Diego and there's a lot of fucking old people out here. And <laughs> like, they're going to look for ranch single level homes in La Jolla, for example, right? When we're talking hyper local guys, it's like, there is no shortage of stuff to create here at all is there 
benefit too from that type of keyword. One, it's going to be less competitive. So when you get very specific, it's going to be less competitive to rank number one. Two, people know what they want. So you have a really qualified person that knows what they want and are looking for very specific thing. And so they're going to convert higher. So I call, I call those like mid to tail type terms, really the bread and butter of any good SEO strategy, because not only are you capturing traffic off sort of less competitive terms, but the people know what they want. So they're going to buy versus like Chicago real estate, the chances of getting someone off that to convert versus a very specific condo type in a specific neighborhood, you're going to get a much more qualified buyer. Totally. So I'll give you an example. This is a funny story. Sorry, another accident. A lot of accidents happen in SEO. So. Yeah, it does. It's crazy. So like I used to do videos on every listing, no matter what, including rental listings. And this is my most popular video. It's my most profitable one I've ever done. And the rental listing was 2,300 bucks. Okay. And we split that with another agent and I had three people on my team. The video cost me 300 bucks. So do the fucking math. All right. I didn't make money on the, li on renting the listing, but I didn't want to suffer my customer service with the clients. I do videos on everything. So we did the videos and we accidentally keyworded it lofts for rent in Chicago. Great keyword. And lofts for rent because I didn't think about it, but Dude, the keyword took off. Like I probably made about seventy, eighty thousand dollars in commissions just off of that one video because what I found out was that lofts are sort of unique to Chicago. Yeah. And people think it's really cool to look at the brick and the timber and the concrete and all the exposed elements for these old buildings because they're really beautiful. Yeah. And um, that's what people would type in. So why I'm saying that, guys, I want you guys to think about your market and I want you to think about different property types that only exist in your market. If I'm in Chicago, I'm doing graystones for sale, or I'm doing brownstones, or I'm doing Victorians, or something like that, because believe it or not, people draw that. And what Jeff just said is extremely important. Remember, and this is what I'm telling people on YouTube, yeah, I might not get as many clicks in my YouTube ads, but they're intent-based. Yeah. And it's a way higher quality lead. So I'd rather, what, what do you think you would, what would you pay for an organic lead versus a social lead? Like at the comparison, is there a valuation on, oh, on what is, uh, cause it's gotta be three or four times. Yeah. I would pay three or four times. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just way more qualified. And if you think about the trust factor too, like if you come through a social ad, they know you're advertising and they're trying to get you there. Whereas with organic, they're clicking through a link where you've already gained their trust because you rank number one or number two or whatever. They already think you're the most qualified place that they can go because Google does their research. So yeah, the conversion behavior around SEO is pretty incredible. Um, I just laugh at these places that think that SEO is, is no longer a factor. I mean, I know businesses that you know 85% of their sales are flowing through organic search and they're huge businesses. Uh, it's a major factor. And I think in real estate, where do people start their process, right? Google, that's how they start the process. And just and jumping from the social life, I'm on a social media platform and I see a real estate ad and I click through the chances of me going from browsing pictures of my friends to buying a home versus I have the intent of buying a home and I go on Google. It's just a whole different ballgame. I totally agree. Let's go through some other keywords that I think would be very hyper local for realtors. I mean, there are so many, and this is why like when agents say like, what should I create content on? I'm like, what not to create content on? I mean, literally just turn on HGTV and watch it for 24 hours and you'll have two years of shit to do. But let's talk about keywords. Let's not get off track. So, with keywords, uh, I'm going to use San Diego as an example. In San Diego, there's a highway called the five and you're either west of it or you're east of it. <laughs> 
And it, it runs right down the coast. And basically, west of the five is more expensive than east of the five because you're on the ocean. And it's like it's a little natural divider. So a big search term here are homes for sale west of the five in La Jolla, Del Mar, Encinitas, Oceanside. Like that's five pieces of content right in the row that I could create a post each week and keep going. How hyper local should people be? I think as local as possible. I think, yeah, I mean, that's a great example. There's, there's a location-based keyword that actually doesn't use a location. So it does to people in San Diego, it means a location. But if I heard that, I would have no idea. It's not like I'm searching, you know, real estate in San Diego. I think those types of keywords, I think, you know, Park City, for example, where, where I live, Old Town Park City, it's like what, or uh, Trailside Park City. So neighborhoods, but even if people call them by a different term, they're okay. going to search by that term. So right. I think being, you know, obviously you're a creative guy and that's a really creative way to approach keyword research is to start thinking of outside the box. What do people call things that aren't specific towns or locations? And I guarantee you there's going to be volume around those keywords and they're going to be easier to rank number one for because no one's really thinking that way. So that's really smart. And I think time spent doing good keyword research is is really important. And it's always kind of overlooked. The amount of people that just hop on their WordPress site and start creating blog posts without really any intent. It's, it's basically just, as you said earlier, it's just time wasted. So if you do find these, these gems, like, you know, like you're describing, that time is going to be so valuable and it's going to generate leads for you. So that's all for you to, to think that way. And I think I would, in, I would encourage your, your viewers to think that way as well. That's always where you find the real opportunity is when you do that kind of keyword research. Totally. And then once that article is kicking, it's kicking. Now you move on to the next one. But folks, don't also get turned off if it doesn't kick. Yeah. Because that equally happens too. But I didn't find closing cost article for sale on my first fucking try. I found it after 15 different posts and it happened accidentally. It's like the same shit we tell each other. Keep trying. Don't give up. Keep trying. Don't give up. Keep trying. Don't give up. The point is, is that as you create all this content, what you also are doing is you're building your personal brand online. Because I'm going to ask you guys a question. If you visited your website right now, would you hire you? And if you're saying, I don't even have a website, this isn't even a video for you, a conversation to be on. But yet, yeah, then the next question is, are you going to have, are you going to, are you going to, would I hire me? So go visit your site and go look at it. Do you have any personality on that? Do you have any information that expresses or defines your authority or your expertise on it? And I want you to now go back to think about the last vacation you booked. And when you're on Travelocity, you read the reviews before you hit buy. I guarantee it. So what do you think the content on your website does? It really works very similar on that sense. So there's a couple things going on. What Geoff's talking about is like how it gets found. What I'm talking about is how it gets converted from a personal, personable relationship that you're having. So there really are there's almost like two components as we sort of talk this out. I think the other reason too, Geoff, is too, it's like, Let's do another example. Let's say I'm going to Valentine's Day comes out. Oh, I hate fucking Valentine's. I hate it. I don't believe in it, but I have to buy flowers. Okay. So I'll Google where's the next flower shop. And even if there was a flower shop that was $50 less, but they're on page three, I'm sorry, I'm not going to page two. And if I already saw them on page one, I'm like, if Google says they're great, then fuck, why do I have to do any more research? And the truth is, is I don't want to research more flowers because I don't care about reef flowers. Just like people don't want to research or interview like 25 fucking real estate agents that all say the same script. Yep. When they find the one that they like, game over.
Yeah, page one is everything. It's Jeff, by the way. Sorry, I should have uh, told you that. Oh, Jeff. I was saying Geoff. That's all right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you didn't say anything the first time, so I just kept rolling with it. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah, page one is everything. I mean, no, people usually don't even go past the third ranking. So it's something like out of the organic search clicks, 65% going link number one, 20% link number two. 10% on link number three and the rest is just pittance. So yeah, you do have, you know, that's why it's great to get creative with your keyword research because you can find those low competition. You know, the real estate world, you got Zillow, you got these monsters. So think of what they're not doing. You know, Zillow doesn't know about West side of the five or whatever it's called. So they're not going to go on to page two. No one goes on to page two. No one goes on to page three. So yeah, you do have to be playing up in the top one thing that I, I meant to mention earlier was the other thing about this really great content where you're talking about closing costs and stuff like that, you're going to get inbound links to those pages. So inbound links are a really important part of SEO. They drive what's called domain authority, which is basically how important does Google view a site. If two sites have the same content and one has a higher domain authority, it's always going to outrank the other site. So when you do come up with creative pieces of content that are useful and people start using them, they're going to link to them. And I bet if you looked at that page, you know, at the height of it's doing great, it probably had a bunch of inbound links pointing to it for people that wanted to talk about how to look at closing costs. So, you know, another reason why that probably campaign was really successful. So when you say inbound links, just so the audience knows, that's just like another site pointing toward George? Yeah, exactly. Google was the very first... The reason that Google broke away from all the other search engines is they figured out the importance of links. So links are like boats, but not every boat's created equal. So if I get a link from the New York Times versus a local blogger, that New York Times link's worth you know a hundred times. The other thing they figured out is the importance of the, what they call anchor text. So the actual words in the link, when you hover over the link and it's underlined, those actual words mean more about the page than all the words on the page. So they figured out that those words, the anchor text is really important. That's really what made their algorithm the best. But yeah, that's that's what inbound links are, is, is just links from other sites to a certain page on your site. I have a question for you that's not really relative to our audience, it's more for me. I get a ton of uh, guest post requests for my site, and it's almost sort of like annoying because their content sucks, and I don't want to put it on the site. However, they're coming from some authoritative sites. Yeah. So is that a... What would you do? They're guest posting on your site or your... I'll guest post on my site. Um, they want to link back both ways on mine and then theirs too. Yeah. I mean, I would do the research. If it's, if it's a really high domain authority, I'd do it all day long. If it's not, I would uh, say, no, thank you. Interesting. The links yeah. are worth a lot. So if you, if it is a good domain authority, you, you just take it and, and say, you know, write your shitty content. And for people who are writing their own posts, should they be linking out to other authorities too? The outbound links don't matter as much. Usually what you'll get as a result of that is just people starting to maybe reciprocate, you know, the link to them, they'll link to you. It's really not a best practice. It just doesn't happen that much. And you're at that point, you're kind of trying to game the system and Google's would be onto it. So less important to out to link to others, but um, you know, it's a nice gesture. <laughs> Got it. So for someone who's thinking about just, should I do SEO or should I not do SEO? What's the best sort of where do you start? Because I, I honestly, it took me about a year to really learn it. I'm not no expert. I'm not trying to claim I am by any means. I'm still learning every freaking day. I'm asking you questions right now. I mean, just you guys know a lot of these questions are from my own personal. <laughs> so, but yeah, I wanted to uh, 
you know, where does somebody start? You know, it's like, and how many words does the post need to be like, does it need images? Does the video on top of a post help it with search rank results and all of that? So get, let's go best practices of actually writing per se. Yeah. So it can be quite a daunting task if you're just thinking about doing SEO for the first time, sort of like, well, it's this really black box and it's a really daunting task. So think of it, break it down into really sort of agile, small steps. The first step that I would do is just start with the keyword research. Go into Google Plan Keyword Planner, put in yep. some keywords and start generating some ideas. That's actually a pretty fun thing to do. You learn a lot about your business. You learn about what people search for in your real estate market. You learn a ton and that'll give you ideas. That'll give you ideas about what to write about. So you'll find some gems like West Side of the Five or whatever it is. And then think about what would be interesting to write about. What not, not just show homes, but what would be content that'd be valuable for consumers? And then you got to start somewhere. So you just, you know, hands on the keyboard, get going, make sure it's optimized. It's getting linked to from their, your header or from your homepage. Uh, make sure the metadata is correct. You know, just sort of uh, one step at a time. And then after, you know, a few months, you're probably going to get some inbound links. You're going to get some rankings. You might get your first customer. It doesn't happen overnight. But when you do start getting momentum and you do get the very first customer, you get your first good amount of SEO traffic, it's infectious. You know, you start getting excited about it and it becomes, you know, in a lot of cases, your business model. So, but don't think of it as an, you know, you have to take a small site to an enormous site. You just have to create one piece of content after another and start stringing it together and go about it in an intelligent way. Don't just start writing for the sake of writing, have an intent, have a keyword that you're going after a couple of keywords that you're going after and just get started. No, that makes a lot of sense. How many times, and again, this is getting nerdy guys, but how many times should the keyword that you're trying to rank for be sprinkled throughout the context of the post? So like, for example, if you guys want to write a blog post about Chicago closing costs, shouldn't Chicago closing costs, it has to be in the title, it needs to be in the URL, it needs to be in the meta description, and then how many times does it need to be throughout the rest of the post? You don't want it to be forced. So general best practice is just to uh, talk naturally. If you use it, you know, once every other paragraph or so, that's probably pretty good. Don't force it in because if you force it in, the Google's natural language processing is going to figure it out and uh, you. So use it naturally. Use modifiers. So use different versions of it. Keywords that are similar, they'll get the point. Um, they're super smart. <laughs> you don't have to, uh, you know force it. The worst thing you can do is just stuff keywords throughout the article. Just use it naturally is, is really the best suggestion I can give you. There's no, there's no set number. They do have tools that are called keyword density tools that'll take a piece of content and actually look at how often the keywords being used. And usually those tools will give you a little bit of a range of what the best practice is. So if you do want to learn some about keyword density, you know, just search for a keyword density tool and it'll, it'll give you a few options. Very cool. Well, dude, I think um, we got a lot of this knocked out. Folks, think about super duper specific hyper local questions that people ask you on a daily basis. And if you're stuck there, go to Zillow and see all the questions that people are typing in there. And then if you're stuck there, then I don't know, you didn't do step one or two. Uh, there's really not much more other to it than that. Create content people search for the Google real estate, in other words. Jeff. You could go ahead and uh, tell our users a little bit about your product, service, how they could reach you if they have any additional questions, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So Huckabye is uh, SEO software that automates a really important part of SEO called structured data markup. 
Structured data markup is essentially the language that Google likes to talk to websites. So the way that they discover most sites today is just by crawling HTML. You can actually now talk to them in this language, and that's what Huckabye automates. So structured data for homes, for example, a home listing, there is structured data around home listings, number of bedrooms, number of baths, price, square footage, neighborhood, uh, all the things included in the home. That can all be actually communicated to Google, and it enhances their search results. So that's what Huckabye automates. We also just help our customers on SEO in general. We're a you know, group of SEO experts. Um, we work with companies across the country. And the best way to get in touch with us is just go to huckabye.com, H-U-C-K-A-B-U-Y, and uh, fill out a uh, contact us form. And we'll be in touch with you shortly. So uh, yeah, super appreciative to have having me on and uh, hopefully I'll learn a few things. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I learned a lot. Really appreciate having you on. And I appreciate all you guys staying on the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Leave us some love. Leave us some reviews. Follow us on social media, therealestatemarketingdude.com. If you guys are interested in getting on video so that we can build a brand that allows you to attract business versus chasing it, then call us up. We do everything for you. We'll script, edit, and distribute your videos. And most importantly, build out a brand series that you are excited about. So, Jeff, I really appreciate this. It's a good show. I will talk to you later, buddy. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.